Welcome to Elts Gregor. It's Gregor and, well, actually nothing else. This is the episode where Gregor goes crazy. You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the Elts Nerds. Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsenerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. On the Else Nerds, we will say some things that might be offensive, and we will spoil things, which is always offensive, unless you know it's coming. So now it's up to you. The challenge is yours. <laughs> so, Corey, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing pretty good. I've realized something with your... And for the audio listeners, uh, check out the video. You'll see that Corey looks a little higher up. And yeah, it's... I took the same pill <laughs> that the Grinch took when his heart grew three sizes that day. Uh, mine just made me taller. <laughs> but I've, I've started to realize... I don't know if it's an actual thing or if it's just me like placing stuff on here. But you seem like you're... Uh, your voice is a little deeper with this, uh, the the height of the chair or something. Oh, yeah, because I'm not actually sitting on my nuts. So. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I uh, feel lower octave. <laughs> but no, so um, it's good to see you here. Um, we were going to record yesterday, but there was some things. Uh, well, part- it was partially you, partially me. Um, there were some things with the, uh, like, there was a fire in Petaluma yesterday. Quite the fire. Yeah. Uh, several people's homes were affected. Uh, very glad that it seems to be that everybody came through it uh, as far as their personhood yeah. unscathed. But it was it was uh, terrifying and a mess. And I my heart goes out to everybody who had to, had to deal with that. Yeah. And then the other side of things is... By the time Corey got got home, we would, we would have been able to go then. And I'm like, um, <laughs> Beatmaster's asking if, did Leo leave his Note 7 at home charging? Because um, I don't hear that enough at work. You got the smartphones, are those the ones that explode? No, we don't sell those. And I Well, d- I mean, if you do it right. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I say it that deadpan too. I'm like, no, we don't sell those. Um, but so for anybody concerned about my well-being, I did do my exchange on my note seven last Thursday. Nice. Uh, I also talked to Sam Samsung's promotional support and, uh, they are taking care of me as a customer who had the pre-order, even though the pre-order promotion finished off the day before I got my exchange. So I felt like I was getting kind of screwed. Uh, they, it turns out that there's a current promotion that's for the S7 and S7 Edge that applies to the note, although it doesn't say that on their site. So if you go to samsungpromotions.com, yeah, you that... can still find yourself eligible for the uh, either free 256 gigabyte memory, memory card or the Samsung VR that's uh, current. So I'm getting the memory card. Nice. That's what I've yeah. been I've been looking at doing, like, once I save up some money and get the uh, and 
I'm able to go to, actually, I'm probably going to go to Verizon just because of, excuse me, of talking with their rep and the employee discount thing that I get. I'm like, heck yeah. Yeah, the employee discounts are, are pretty spiffy. I remember a lot of people working in the mobile department at Best Buy, and that was kind of like everybody wanted to go work at that department. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 cool because where I don't get, because I work with Target Mobile, I don't get the Target discount. Right. I get discounts on the cell phones. Um, there's one that I could do right now with uh, Bose speakers, and it's like there's all these other little benefits, and I'm like, Dang, man. But I yeah, also get when... the mall discount, so I get 10% off on Panda Express. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> uh, when I first started with Best Buy years and years ago, they had a, a, a spiff that was for the mobile department because for some reason the mobile department were the ones who were selling TiVos. And so all the people in the cell phone area had TiVos, and I'm like, what is that? That's just that's jerky, man. Yeah, yeah. That's... Sort of like us, like we sell, and I, I think I could, no, I don't know, uh, but I, like I sell Comcast and DirecTV, like that's one of the things that they want us to sell, and yep. I'm like, uh, yeah, everyone here has Comcast already, so yeah, I'll keep trying, but um, but no, like I, I forgot what I was going to say about where I was going with that at first, but yeah, it's good to be back, um. Oh, the other reason was I wanted to see the second episode of a show I'll be talking about later. That's why. Because my opinions have changed on it, not in, but not in like my liking it, but I'll get to that later. Um, So let's go to the news. I've, I've pulled uh, three stories here. One, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. But then I read it. I'm like, oh, okay. We're talking about that one. And it is NBC Universal teams with Tom Hardy's production company on two TV shows. So the voice of well the actor who played Bane in the in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, he his uh, Hardy son and Baker uh, production company, they will produce the crime thriller Pendulum and the science fiction uh, TV show Trees. Now Pendulum, I don't know too much about. Um, it, it's just it's gonna be it, it's it's based on a book. I guess by uh, that'll be coming out next year, and but the one that intrigued me more was the trees thing because it's uh, it's written by uh, Warren Ellis and the illustrator Jason Howard. It's actually over at Image Comics right now, and that is something oh. that is something that I've been see. I've I've read the book. I I love the book, and the premise. I'm like, this would make a pretty good TV show. Because what it is for that for that premise, it's a um, year. I think I think it's like ten years after an alien invasion, when really all they did is they've just come down in their crafts and landed in spots, and they're all and it's just the humans dealing with the uh, dealing with this. So. So whether it's, um, there's one that, there's one tree in, I think it's in Africa that is, is the shortest of all the trees. So they've actually weaponized it. They've put, and they, they can't screw anything into it. They can't dig, like they can't puncture the, the trees as they call them, but they just 
set these machine guns up on top, like ready for anyone to come mess with them. And you see these people from all around the world um, and how they're dealing with these trees, how they're dealing with, you know, what's going on. And it's, it's an ongoing series. So, I mean, their issues are coming out like, you know, monthly or I think they're on a break right now, but it, it, but it's, it's a great story and it's, it's a little bit like sensei, but then, but with an alien invasion in aspect in there, which is, it's, it's a great story. I'm not doing it justice right now, but it's also because it's been a little while since I've read the last issue. All right. Well, uh, just to, to go back for a second, this is uh, someone who has read Pendulum, Lynn, uh, sorry, Liz Barnsley on goodreads.com. Uh, this is from her review. It says, John Wallace comes around one morning to find a man in body armor and a mask attempting to hang him. All pleas for mercy fall on deaf ears, then fate intervenes and John manages to run, but this killer is dogged and intelligent and most of all, hidden. What follows is a battle of wits and determination as John attempts to find out why he's been targeted and to stay alive as long enough to uh, to do that. So, yeah, that sounds sort of interesting. It sounds maybe like a mix of the prisoner, or not the prisoner. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the one with Harrison Ford? The where he was running from Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, it was a remake uh, fugitive. Of fugitive. Yeah, uh, it, that could be interesting and. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy is is an interesting guy. He's certainly done a lot of of compelling, if weird, bits and things. I remember wasn't he the guy in the the giant mask that was in a band or something? Uh, no, you that I think that was. If you are you talking about Frank, the movie Frank? That maybe it is. I don't if know. If it's that one, that was Fastbender. That was Michael Fassbender in that role. Michael Fassbender. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't really know anything about Tom Hardy. Uh, no, Tom Hardy. He's, he's a... no. He's he's. You, you talked about following. Um, oh, I, I can't think who who said it was, but you follow someone. Oh, Mandy Moore on Instagram. Tom Hardy is another one that it seems like you like that'd be interesting to follow on Instagram because, like, I've seen him. He's in just the past. so pretty. Well, he's pretty. Yeah. But I've seen him do video, like the videos get released of him where he's like freestyle rapping and, and his, like his daughter's right there, or he's just, you know, being adorable with his little like four-year-old daughter, or, you know, he's on the, and then the next day he's on the set of this new movie that he's shooting where it's like, you know, this big action film and it, and stuff like that. And it just sounds really cool. It sounds like a really cool thing that he does. Yeah, I mean, he's, I didn't realize this, he's on Peaky Blinders? Yeah, yeah, he's on the BBC program, uh, Peaky Blinders. Um, and that's that's the cool thing with a lot of these, uh, like, a lot of these British actors is, like, they might be big, you know, big movie stars, but they still will do television appearances or star in television shows. Yeah, so that's that should be interesting. I mean, yeah. he's got a good pedigree. Yeah, and there's I'm no word. Um, and and both of these are not 
remakes of old shows, which is something we'll get into a little later on, too. Uh, yeah, they're yep. based on a book or whatever, but that's that's a little different. I, I applaud anybody who's doing original ideas and concepts on TV and in movies right now. It yeah. seems too few and far between. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and there's it's there's still early development, so it will probably what will end up happening is uh, trees will probably end up on sci-fi and the uh, pendulum probably on USA Network is my prediction for those. Um, but yeah, so the next story is that Sony move ups pl- moves up plans for uh, Harbinger as its first movie in the Valiant Comics cinematic universe. Now, this one is, is I, I like this story because we're getting more superhero it type, we're getting more comic book movies, um, but it's from a comic book company that a lot of people have probably not heard of. Well, it's certainly not the, the big name dropper as DC or Marvel, yeah. but even with DC and Marvel, they're doing, uh, with with. Marvel in particular, they were doing movies about characters that nobody's ever heard of, like Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, and and making that happen. And honestly, Valiant's got a long pedigree. I mean, it came out many, many moons ago. A lot of their characters were actually acquired and then went over to another company so I, I saw that Ninjak has a movie coming out. Ninjak was for a while a Valiant character and now no longer is. I think Turok is another one that got pulled to another company. So Turok Valiant for the last... Turok is Dark Horse, I believe. Probably, yeah. Or, or being published by Dark Horse now, but was yeah. under the, the banner head for this. So the last few years, Valiant has kind of come out when DC... And Marvel have been going through not necessarily a lull, but going through a lot of challenging times for the readership. And a lot of people who've jumped ship from those books have moved over to Valiant, much like they've moved over to Image. But whereas Image is not a uh, a shared universe, Valiant is. And I've read some of the stuff, and, and some of it I had familiarity with from before, from old publishing, especially when Fabian Nicieza had taken it over and it was getting published by the uh, by the video game company, uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, but I really liked. I think it was Fred Valenti's version of Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, I thought that was very entertaining. I wanted to enjoy Quantum and Woody more than I did, and I, I just think it's difficult to do material after Christopher Priest did it originally and was so phenomenal. But it, it might have grown on me. It just I kind of was in and out of it. But the the character Faith that they have that started out in Harbingers, I think she has grown very popular. Bloodshot has done very well. Bloodshot is one of the ones they're planning on doing a movie for following up harbinger i think that there's a lot of potential here and it doesn't have the same the same stigmas that we have by having seen superman up on the screen multiple times before 
Batman up on the screen multiple times before. Everybody has an image in their head of Wonder Woman from the TV series or from 70 years of comic books. Valiant doesn't have the same kind of deal that they have to work through. On top of that, it's nice for Sony because while they are kind of developing this, they are also having their cake and eating it too by getting to do Spider-Man within the Marvel Universe. So they get they get two opportunities to, to play with superhero stuff, one in the big box of, of Marvel stuff, and then one in the smaller, more easy for them to control box of this Valiant Universe stuff, which is still licensed property, but they are not sharing. Yeah. Um, it's... Now, Beatmaster says, you lost me at Sony, and I don't blame him for that. Uh, although I'd probably be much more bummed out if it was Fox at this point. The thing is, is that we don't really know much about Sony currently since the big shakeup happened a couple years ago uh, with them, with the the email leaks and everything, and the, the head who got ousted, who is still in control of the Spider-Man stuff, but is working with Marvel on it. What is Sony today uh, that compared to then and can they do things differently and can they do things better no yeah definitely um i think sony with this is um they're backing out more with the like with the marvel stuff but going but then realizing with them doing the valiant stuff that this is going to be a potential um you know money maker for them because of the fact that you know like you said this is valiant comics not a lot of people know about valiant there's not this big history that they have that they have to deal with and you know all these different versions like oh oh, is this going to be like the 2014 version of harbinger the 2012 version or the you know 2000 version of harbinger no it's just this is harbinger and I could see this being the jumping off point for all the other books, you know, the Archer and Armstrong, the, uh, the faith, faith getting her own, her own movie, um, uh, XO man of war, you know, all this is where basically where I could see that going. Yeah. The only concern is because Marvel has had such a heavy hand on their stuff and, and a creative director overseeing it with Kevin Fahey, and with involving people like Joss Whedon, John Favreau, who and the Russo brothers, who who know the stuff and who've had a really smart pull on it, and Marvel making their own studio out of it, that that's shown why they're successful. Yeah, uh, DC going and now doing things like we're we're actively working with DC creators to bring these movies out. We're we're trying to make sure that the characters are true to their comic roots and it's not just like shoving Shaq in a big fake metal suit and calling him steel and having it have nothing to do with the character from from the Superman mythos. Is Sony going to have the feeling that they need to be beholden to who's made these comics, who's made these characters what they are, or are they just going to take the loose ideas of them, shove them on the screen and say, well, this is... This is Harbinger for the screen, and we just we took what we liked and we added all this other shit, and now uh, Harbinger happens to have 
a little kumquat that talks that talk that helps him fight crime and shit or whatever you know because that's <laughs> that's the thing you know if you ever watched the sketch that uh key and peel did about gremlins 2 which hilariously enough actually reflected what was in gremlins 2 but someone comes in and just like let's take the most ridiculous shit and throw it in this movie that happens in hollywood a lot yeah. and it's it's a question of if sony is smart enough to say we're using these properties we're going to use them the right way uh or if if valiant and making the deal with sony is like hey if you're going to do this we're going to have some involvement and we're going to have some control as to you're going to utilize our characters correctly yeah. Or they're just like cut us the fucking check and we'll we'll take it and run and just keep making comics. Uh, it's it's hard to say, but hopefully, because uh, Beatmaster mentioned that Sony is the ones who unfortunately nixed the Men in Black twenty three Jump Street crossover, and they are also the ones who do Underworld. I've never been a fan of the Underworld movies. I know they have a new one coming out, but how long has that been in development? Is that new Sony or is that the last vestiges of old Sony? Wait, wait, they got a new Underworld coming out? I thought they had a new Resident Evil. Uh, both. Oh, okay. Shows how much I actually watch those those movies. And moving on, uh, the final story we got for the news segment is that the Doctor Who spinoff uh, class is expected to feature Peter Capaldi in its premiere, and they gave um, loose... Uh, release dates for both America and the UK. So that's sort of the big news here. Um, And so a brief overview on what the show is going to be about. It is set at Cole Hill Academy, which is very popular in the uh, mythos of Doctor Who because that is where the the first companions are from. The teachers with the first Doctor, they're instructors from Cole Hill Academy. And his, the doctor's granddaughter is a, is a student there. And it was, uh, it appeared in the, uh, what was it? The 50th anniversary special, uh, the Coil Hill Academy did. And then it also became where, uh, Clara Oswald was an an instructor. And so this, the, uh, the class is going to be. It's going to air in late October in the UK. It'll premiere on BBC Three, so it's going to be online only on the online exclusive for for over in the UK. And then here we're getting it in on BBC America in the spring of 2017. Um, now the cool thing is to me with this is, and like the article says, you know, unlike the previous Doctor Who spinoffs. Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Chronicles, this is targeting a different audience where Torchwood was aimed at the uh, post-Watershed older adults and the Sarah Jane Adventures was targeted to much younger viewers. Uh, the class is shooting for the teen to late or to the late teen to early adult audience. So, yeah, Sarah Jane was basically Saturday morning Doctor Who light. Doctor Who is its thing and then yeah. Torchwood was Doctor Who After Dark. Uh, this is Doctor Who 90210. Yeah. And it's and none of the actors on here, um, for me as a person who, you know, watches a lot of British TV shows, are popping out um as, you know, someone that I rec or as anyone that I recognize. But 
that's still a great thing because because you know it's like oh hey we're gonna get these great this great performance out of this um and i cannot wait for later in october to so i can watch the class because i magically go over to the uk at various times (laughs) (laughs) um so that is it for the news hauntings sky sounds parallel universes monster sightings the new world order ghost ships urban legends mysterious radio broadcasts and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on weird world weekly listen to find out what's next go to gncasts.com weird to listen find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal mythological conspiratorial unexplained or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary also matt's continuing search for turkey recipes it's all on weird world weekly part of the galactic netcast network of shows also available wherever you listen to podcasts all right and we are back and it is time for nerding out um so i will go first because well, i'm going to talk about Corey cory about his anyways um, and the mine is a British TV show that appears on Dave called Dara O'Brien's or Dara O'Brien goes eight bit. Are they um, just shining nice new shows on Dave's tasteful Dave's bald head? Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> <Is that> what... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, Dave, which is a TV channel over in the UK is famous for airing um, old BBC and Channel 4 shows. So it'll air, um, like right now, you could, you'll probably find them airing like Russell Howard's Good News or old episodes of Top Gear um, or, uh, you know, QI or 8 Out of 10 Cats. It, it goes over to Dave after it gets done over on on BBC or, or and Channel 4. Um, but they also do original stuff. Like they have um, Red Dwarf airs over there. Um, Daryl Brian's Goes 8-Bit is another show. You know, obviously because I'm talking about it. Um, Alan Davies has a show over there, which actually is really cool. It's like a, uh, a roundtable discussion with comedians. Um, sort of like comedians in cars getting coffee, except there's no coffee and no cars. Um, but there's that, you know, that talk of, you know, different things that have happened in their, in the comedian's lives, um, and you know, how they do, how they do comedy and stuff like that. Um, one of the great episodes I'd recommend is that had Harry Shearer on there, but this is all about video games. So this is part panel show, which I love, I love me a, a good panel show, but it's another part video game show. So each week, Dar O'Brien, um, with his two regulars, um, the regular like the team captains, they bring in two other comedians or two other people to do. Um... Sorry, my mom is distracting me at my door. <laughs> um, but the um, so there's so they'll bring in com- uh, comedians or you know famous people. And they will play five video games over the course of the episode, and there are points that are uh, there are there are points that are awarded 
per you know who wins and who loses um and so you'll get games like actually one of my favorite ones was they did uh little big planet three and the production company actually made that you know the people who make the video game made a special go 8-bit version or a go 8-bit level and i'm like that is cool um and they've done other things like on the first episode they had um i can't think of what the game was but their final game they had it hooked up to other people so like to to for the controls so you had to you had like touch them and it'll make the it'll make your character do whatever it had oh it was uh like that bubble bobble game so like you had to like hit, okay. you touch one person and the 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 gun would go this way touch go this way touch your third person it'll shoot the bubble um sort of deal and it's 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 really fun really enjoyable and you learn a lot about these games and they're games like from all like from the early arcade games to uh you know modern gaming with like the uh super nintendo n64 uh dreamcast uh you know up to the ps4 x360 or xbox ones and then even mobile gaming like one of the games that they played was snake but yeah so i mean it's it's fun and you learn a lot about the various games um you know including um oh gosh they did uh, Super Street Fighter 2 on the latest episode. And you learn... They, they, they did a little Easter egg after the video package that the um, the creator of the, ga- of the game wanted to give Chun-Li a lower health bar to show the realism of, of women being weaker than men. And I'm using air quotes around there, audio listeners. But... But Instead, they designed a video game around the sexism in the industry. Yeah, yeah, and so they're like, so they go, they make the joke of, oh, so you mean yeah, like they're weaker when you're talking about a game where you create fireballs out of nowhere. Yeah, right. that's great thinking. <laughs> but no, it's it's a fun game. It's a fun show to watch, and it's make it's one. It's making me go, oh yeah, I remember that game, or like, oh, I've never heard of that game. I I should check it out, and just thoroughly enjoying it enjoy, enjoying myself it's all the fun of let's plays but with british people with british celebrities yeah but it's still not as good as game on though too soon always too soon <laughs> no it's 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 not as fun as shut up and play the the twit after party you know with producer and co-host or producer and host glenn rubenstein um, but yeah, so the crossroads, crossroads. <laughs> so that is my nerding out, and now Corey, uh, you have an app. I, God, damn it, I do, and I'm not proud. Uh, so earlier in the show, we mentioned the fact that I got my phone replaced. Now, when you get a new toy, even if it's the same toy that you just had, just made not to explode, <laughs> you, you kind of you, you play now with it for less all it's C4. Uh, much like a penis when you hit your early teens, it's just you can't you can't put it down. You can't you can't just stop messing around with it. And uh, so now I, I'm the second time lucky. I'm trying to not f- fill up my phone with a bunch of apps that were just like transferred over from 
phones of many years ago because that's the first thing it does is it starts loading up things uh, that I've installed from the Google Play Store uh, multiple times. Some of them just either stop getting developed or don't really exist anymore, and they're just taking up space. Some of them, like Samsung's Milk Music, which I liked a lot, uh, have have gone the way of the dodo. But I'm trying some new things too, and it's it's a decent phone. It's a decent size screen. I thought I would give a shot at a game that I'd heard about a little while ago, and I'll get into the reasonings why in a minute. But it's it's based off a of Marvel property. I'm thought, yeah, let let's be a sucker and and let's go and 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 play a Marvel game. <laughs> and it's called Avengers Academy. Now I did not know what type of game it was. I assumed it was one with with fighting and stuff. Uh, no, it's not that. It's not one of those Bashams crack your screen with your thumb because you're pissed off because <laughs> Thor just kicked your tiny little ass again. Uh, it's it's not. It and that's probably good because I wouldn't retain interest in that kind of game for very long. I prefer a game that has the uh, a controller to it it's just it's still not quite right for me playing those types of games on a screen there are games that work on phones really well there are games that work on mobile really well uh, or on game boys in general there's games that you want to play in your big screen though there's games that you want to play in front of a tv uh this game is perfect for mobile but it's also the worst kind of game possible yeah it's 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 a, a farmville type game that's exactly it. If someone had told me, hey, Corey, it's like Marvel Comics version of Farmville, I would have ostracized that person from my life. Unfortunately, I can't ostracize myself. And I know that I'm weak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because when Farmville first came out in Castleville, I think was probably more my prime one. But other games like that, I was I was a sucker. I was one of those people who played that game way too goddamn much. I was one of those people who played that game to the point of like, yeah, you know, Oops. I could wait the 10, 14, 26 hours for uh, my crop throw, or I could drop the five bucks into the system and and just, you know, not be such a sucker. There was a Marvel game that was on Facebook as well. Uh, uh, Marvel Avengers it, Alliance. Yeah, and I was I was on that one for a long time, too. I cold turkey these games, man. It was rough. I needed help. Yeah. I needed I needed strength. I needed the support of my loved ones. I maybe needed a straight jacket and for some card away. But I did it. I stopped it. And now I have fucked myself because I'm back into this shit unintentionally. Yeah. Uh, based off of the idea of Marvel properties in general. And and this is the, the reason why I installed it in the first place is because I remember reading something a few months ago, maybe, about the fact that they were including characters uh, who I've not gotten to yet, like uh, Wiccan and Hulkling from uh, the the Young Avengers, or whatever version they're in now on that goddamn Marvel Universe stuff. I... And, and they were like, we have openly... LGBT characters in a Marvel video game on yeah. mobile. And I thought that's pretty cool. And I have seen characters like Kamala Khan 
on here. I've seen Loki and Loki's like all kinds of things. Uh, and since he was part of Young Avengers during the the Gillen run, he he's considered LGBT too, I guess. Well, There's... he he's he's also that because there will be times where he's uh, he, he's a woman. So he goes yeah. from the. But middle. I don't know if that's necessarily Loki transgender. I think Loki just transcends gender. Yeah, is is more of what the character is in that. But yeah, I get it. Um, so how so here's how the thing. early are you into the game? I've hit level eleven. Uh, eleven. Okay. Um, Today. And and I'm not far. I've only been playing it for a couple of days, but I have been relentlessly. My wife looked over my shoulder the other day. She leaned in to give me a kiss. Because uh, she doesn't know what kind of moron she married <laughs> in this regard. And and she's like, oh, you're playing a video game. What game are you playing? And I'm like, one that fills me with nothing but regret and a lack of pride. Step away from me, woman. Don't allow yourself to get infected. She wouldn't get infected by this. Uh, she was the Candy Crush addict. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just. I'm, I'm going to let you in on this. You came in late, on which is fine. But oh, absolutely. Because. Like here, I, I will actually do the shaky cam again to look. There's my room I'm trying to move a cord. I, I just realized you could, this is my database right here of all the Avengers that I have. Yeah, you've so, got characters like Agent 13, yep. Ant Man, Daredevil, Captain America. I mean, you're, I, I can is, see that I can get Captain yeah, America. Ant Man is the one but, I'm currently trying to unlock, but Agent 13, Black Panther, um, they came from right now the guardians of the galaxy are are all yeah. the big rage and everything i have seen uh agent colson and quake yep. from agents of shield are available yeah. uh, but all these are like if you have a ton of things that require you to spend money i ain't spent money on this yet and i'm planning on not doing that no but it is such a tear in the nuts to just be like Oh, I've got to wait eight hours for like all my missions are occupied and they're all like legendary missions and I have to just wait forever for it to happen. But that's why you can put down your goddamn phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm weak. No, I'm it's not, I'm not prideful. Yeah. So there's been three, three or four special events. Um. So. Uh, like there was the Guardians of the Galaxy one, and they just redid it. So it's like you get Star Lord here, and then you get, yep. but you get, but with this one it was Star Lord, uh, Rocket, and Groot. But then you could, but in the actual uh, event, you could have got Gamora, and um, you could have got Gamora and uh, Drax. Yondu, Drax, uh, yeah. Nebula, and all that. But the um and like the agent 13 and black panther they were in the uh um civil war uh, right when civil war came out that makes yeah. absolute sense and and, then, and that's the thing is and i like more off the wall characters anyways i'm not saying i'm not excited when when cap finally shows up because i love i love me some captain america based off of the movies at least yeah uh, not captain hydra in the comics but i i'm just saying it's the the pressure is there constantly like oh you've got all these rocks that you need to clear to open up your area to be able to put down new foundations the, Do you know yeah. what would be really good at, at knocking out those rocks the hulk you know what it costs to get the hulk oh like 30 bucks if Just you want to get him down, early man. yeah if, if you want to get right him if you want to get him early 
Um, but but the cool thing that I like about the game is the voices. Um, they have some big name people doing voices. Um, like Dave Franco does the voice of Iron Man. John's, I had a feeling that was Dave Franco. Yeah. Every time I hear him talking, I'm like that sounds like a Franco. Yeah, uh, John Cena voices the Hulk. Uh, Priyanka Chopra, who is the star of Quantico, voices Kamala Khan. Um, and um, there's other ones, but I can't think of who they are right now. But and it sounds like a selling point until you hear them say the same things yeah, a dozen times in an it's, hour. Yeah, it's it's essentially like, oh, we got Priyanka Chopra in here to say six lines. And, oh, we got now, John... it's a little easier, though, when you have many, many characters because you won't hear yeah. the same ones over yeah. and over again. But it takes it takes some time to get there. No, the other I've thing been, is I like I've the style getting... of the game. Yeah, I've been I, getting... I like I like the, the look of the characters because they're the basis of this is that they're teens. They're in a college type situation where they're learning to be Avengers. Uh, Nick Fury and Pepper Potts, strangely, are, are the adult <laughs> educators also. Hank Pym shows up. These are the the kind of faculty of this. That yeah, are teaching the Avengers, um, Ares, but everybody else is kind of. Yeah, Ares yeah, I think I've seen there. Ares pop up. Um, uh, Odin. Odin. Uh, Pepper Potts is a like a student advisor. Um, oh, that certain, makes sense. Yeah. Um, Snitches get stitches, Potts. Just remember that shit. <laughs> yeah. But, the style of it they're they're all like in basic street clothes they they have jackets and and jeans and everything it it looks very modern superhero of like we're gonna make them look more like they're 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 able to hang out and go like they just fell out of the gap yeah. and but but it's it's cute i like it stylistically i like the voices and it's just it's one of those games that there's not a lot to it it's just the compulsion to keep, mm-hmm. It's like heroin. It is the heroin of games, and it's it's terrible. And I hate myself for playing it. And I'm hoping that I'll get <laughs> bored of it, like I've gotten bored of many other things, and just like, nope, done now. But I, it's I it's highly doubt it. Stage. I honestly, I hate to say it, but I, I highly doubt it because I've gotten, I've went through. I think it's I think it's five events. Yeah, but I'm old and distracted easily, and I'm I'm like got dementia. Yeah. Just starting to happen, so I, it could it could be an advantage. No, yeah, but the the other cool thing that I like about this is the outfits. So when they had the um the Guardians of the Galaxy event, that was one of the outfits that you could get for Tony Stark. Oh, that's my tablet falls. Um, you could get the his uh, Guardian Buster or Guardian armor right there. Um, or they have the other ones like they got the Superior Iron Man armor, um, they got the Captain Star Lord armor. You know the more classic looking Star Lord. Um, uh, who else? They got the Captain America Falcon, which I love. Um, and the other cool part is the way that they evolve. So right now, um, one of the characters I have is Spider Gwen. I got her during the. Uh, where is Spider Gwen? Come here, come here, Spider Gwen. Um, but I got her during the Spider Man event, and they the way that they evolve, like evolve, is so you got level one, which is more just Gwen Stacy of Earth sixty five. Then you get to level three, where oh, they start to get pieces of the costume. Yeah, 
it, which this is almost like cosplayer Spider Gwen because it's like, oh, she has the hoodie, and then casual superheroics is what yeah, we call it. Yeah, and then uh, level five where there's the full bore Spider Gwen outfit. Um, and and which I would be eligible to get as soon as they unlock the, because that's that's the other cool thing that I like about this, or another cool thing, is that. You get these characters like um, uh, Spider Woman, the Jessica Drew Spider Woman, um, Black Panther, uh, at during these events, uh, Agent Thirteen, and then you get, and then, and then you get them, and oh, how do I evolve them now that, or how do I yeah, evolve? How do I level them up now that the event's over? Well, they make it easy where they will send in their in the missions. They will actually drop um, like emblems that look like half Captain America shield, half Tony Stark's arc reactor thing, and you know, oh, that's used for the people that I got during that event, or the Guardians of the Galaxy emblem that's for the Guardian for uh, Peter Quill and Gamora, sort or Rocket, you know, for the people you got during Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's the cool thing is they've taken the time to realize, okay, we got people who are spending a lot of time on this. How are we going to upgrade or get it to where they're not like, oh, F this, I can't upgrade Star-Lord after level one because I didn't work on him enough in the, in that month of your event. Right. Yeah, that's the worst. Also, I mean, the other thing that's the worst is anytime that you have things that are only available to people to spend money. Yeah. If, if you can't work your way through it if i'm willing to spend the hours and hours of of time to advance versus the person who's got uh, a hunsky built in their wallet just burning through <laughs> and they're just willing to spend i should get the same advantage as they do you know just in in the time that it takes to do it mm-hmm. no definitely and that's where i like that they've kept... sorry for sneezing into the mic i was trying to mute at the same oh, time fine. it was happening you're fine are you kidding me? This is dude who burps into his microphone all the time. Um, but they also have this thing where a lot of the times, especially with the earlier events, it, the people who were like that you would, you would pay money for were the villains. So like if, right. if, if I was, you know, rich money bags, I would have been like, all right, five, $500 or whatever, however much it would have been. And I'm going to buy everyone to where I have, you know, this big, campus full where i got the red skull he's doing these jobs and this and that and but yeah it's it's i find it fun can i can it get boring yes because i'm i'm at the point now with uh leveling up buildings where it takes a day and a half and as you're yeah leveling it's, up it's the building, you can't and use it. and you have to kind of pick and choose your all right well if if i send the person on this mission for eight hours it'll get this other thing unlocked but if I want to open up the board to be able to get missions for other characters on that. I have to send them on this one for 10 hours. And it's just, you really have to kind of weigh on like, which is the, where do I want to send them now? And it's like, oh crap, I just sent Black Widow to go do this other thing. It's going to take all night, but I could have given her this mission for three minutes and and busted this thing right through. So it's not exactly strategy. It's just more of planning versus not planning. And honestly, the the nice thing about it is that, okay, everybody's occupied for the next three hours. 
I can close the app and go yep. do something else, and it continues on. It's not like Pokemon, Pokemon Go, where you have to have the thing open where you're walking around to count your <laughs> steps to to have it register so that you can crack an egg once in a while, uh, unless you have a watch or something that connects to it that will the be coming in the future. That's, Pokemon that's Go the Plus. Right. That's, that's another one I want people to quit asking. Do you guys have the Pokemon Go Plus? No, we do not, sir. Yeah, it, having <laughs> having customers is the worst part about working retail. <laughs> no, it's having customers. <laughs> Why do ask... people want to spend their money here? What do you <laughs> think this is, a business? No, um, it, it was the one time where in my head I'm like, shut up, evil, sadistic side, or whatever, because this dude, bigger guy, he's like, do you, it, and someone had, I was walking over to him when he asked another another person who works there, so like, do you guys, and they got on the radio, was like, do we have Pokemon Go Plus? I'm like, no, no, you're going to have to get that online. Well, that's $100. Well, how bad do you want the Pokemon Go Plus? Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, we have a we have a 2000 CP Snorlax in the in the stock room. Sorry, you're not allowed back there. Yeah. Employees only. <laughs> um but yeah, so that is it for nerding out. I'm Carrie Sims. You may know me from the popular weekly internet game show podcast, Trivia Geeks, streaming live every Tuesday night at 9.15 Eastern, 8.15 Central. Like any podcast, Trivia Geeks started out as nothing more than an idea and a dream. Here at Blazing Caribou Studios, we believe in cultivating those dreams and ideas to bring fresh content to the masses. Click on over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com and click on the link Pitch Podcast Ideas. Your dream could be just one click away. For our discussion topic, our discussion topic this week is a fall TV pr- uh, premieres, reviews, things. These are, I picked three, Corey picked three. Um, there should be limited talking about each other's things because out of his, I've only seen one and he said that he's only seen one out of mine. So there's those. So I'm going to go first and I'm going to talk about the show that was the reason why, well, one of the reasons why we didn't record yesterday and that is This Is Us and this air, This Is Us airs on NBC and has a big product promotion placement thing with TJ Maxx. They let you know after every first commercial break, um, which is fine, not complaining, just pointing it out there, but the first episode of This Is Us, I watched and I enjoyed. This is essentially the parenthood replacement. Um, if you were like me and Corey and you enjoyed, well, I know I enjoyed, I think Corey enjoyed parenthood. I never watched it. Oh, you, I, I, I think could, you did. I No, I tried watching the first episode. I know you and Glenn were really into it. Yeah. And the, the first episode was a huge turnoff for, for whatever reason. I just... I realized it wasn't it wasn't something I was going to be into, and so I just didn't go back to it. Yeah. Okay. So, like me and Glenn, if you really liked Parenthood, um, and you were sad that they uh, had their series finale, this is a really good replacement. Um, it's st- the basic premise of this, and what I feel like what sold the show was you are following people who were all born on the same day. Um, 
And so I'm th- sitting here thinking, okay, these are, you know, three different, uh, three, four different groups of people. And no, it's all one family. That was the first thing. Then I'm like, wait a minute. Because the pilot, you know, where they show you um, uh, Milo Ventimiglia and Manny Moore's characters. I'm like, okay, they're in modern times. Um, uh, sort of deal. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This guy is talking about his, uh, you know, his twins or his triplets and how he lost one too. And also the doctor who delivers the uh, uh, Mandy Moore's babies. Um, and wait, did was this time travel? And I'm like, oh, wait. I actually went on the Wikipedia as I was watching the second episode. And I'm like, no, this is the parents. And then you were looking at the sons or the, the kids as their adults. Um, it's, it's this, it's got this interesting thing of, that I like where the last little bit, it, they hit you with something to then watch, to then want to wait for the next episode. Um, so like this one, it was the, oh, they're so-and-so, like they're the three kids that you then realize are the brothers and sister that we're also following. And you're like, wait, time travel? Wait, huh? Is this sci-fi? Did I get it onto something else? And then you're like, oh no, it's just regular. And then what happened to the dad? Cause here's Mandy Moore in old person makeup with, uh, the dad's partner, like former, like work partner. What's going on here? Um, but I just, I love this. There's these nice, there's these nice four stories that are being told and, and intertwining at the same time. And it's really, it is a parenthood replacement. And that's what I love. You know, it's filling that hole. Now, is it, should we be concerned though, that it's a replacement for a show that didn't have very high numbers and viewership? Um, and what, they 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 took away from the people who were already enjoying it, you, and then yeah, plug in something that is a, of a similar feel. It's it's of a similar feel, but it's of a better feel too. Because where the, uh, where whoa, shots fired. It, well, not yeah. Where Parenthood, you know, and and I love Parenthood. Don't get me wrong. Parenthood was all about this one family. You're following this family throughout their life as they're you know, living in, uh, I think, what was it, Oakland, California, or, uh, uh, you know, just outside of uh, Berkeley, actually. Um, I remember the town. <laughs> um, you get through, you you start going through um, with This Is Us, and it's, um, it's you know, the past and then the, the future, and, um, you know, in the second episode with the, the Milo Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore story, they were hitting on the fact that, well, the one boy, the one son is adopted and it's clearly adopted because he's black and, you know, they're a white family. And so they get, he gets called at school, he gets called Webster. And you see this divide with the brothers because of this, because they're like, the boys are making fun of him and the other boy, the other son does not stick up for his brother. It's just like, well, what are you going to do? Boys are going to be boys. And just goes walking off with his friends. He doesn't say anything 
in support of them, but he doesn't say anything against them either. And it's it, it has there's more here than what fam what parenthood had. Um, just because of this whole dual time, well, not dual timelines, but two separate moments in time that are taking place. You know, you have this um, with the past with the parents when they were their kids aged in the present. And then you have the kids in the present going about, um, you know, the adoptive son meets his dad or actually finds his his birth father. Um, the biological son, he's a famous actor on a sitcom, but is wanting to do more. And then the daughter has weight issues and is trying to find love, but also trying to love herself while losing weight and being, you know, being a, a bigger girl in, in Los, well, in, in the world, but, you know, but yeah, in, uh, in LA and it's just this really, int- I, I love the story and I compare it to parenthood because it's the easiest comparison to make. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I, I, I know I'm being a little bit facetious by saying, oh, well, they're taking the show that they just canceled and putting in something that's just like it. But it's just like Marvel relaunching a series with a new number one. It's a jumping on point. Yep. It's a maybe there was something about Parenthood you didn't like. Maybe you didn't like the fact of a certain actor or actresses on there. Or maybe you didn't like the fact that it was based around a movie and a previous TV series that were already done. Or, or maybe just in general, you don't have parents. You're like, oh, I don't want to watch something called Parenthood. <laughs> I don't know. You could have come from a tube. That's fine. But yeah. so you, you, we, we flip and we start again. That's what happens. Yep. Um. So, Corey, your first TV show. Which one are you wanting to talk about here? Because you got. Three. Um. We'll start off with Speechless. Speechless okay. was. Uh, and I know that you saw this too. Yep. Speechless is in the. The ABC Family kind of feel of shows those sitcoms that they do. It's following up the Goldbergs. Yep. Uh, right it's... before Modern Family and Blackish. And it's uh, Mini Driver and quite a few people in this that were actually really good. Yeah, the guy uh, who David plays, Ross Bowie. Yeah. Yep. Who we've seen on the Big Bang Theory, but in a ton of stuff, if you go way back. Uh, I can't, I unfortunately can't think of anybody's names. I know that uh, Cedric Yarbrough is that, the, uh, the carer who's also the school janitor, or I forget what he is. Right. He was. He was from uh, Reno 911. Yep. And the woman who played Alan's wife on Two and a Half Men, the first wife, the the mother of, of Jake, is the principal of the school on this. I also saw one of the guys from Broken Lizard in here as, I think, the gym coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jay... Uh, 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 blah, blah, last name. Chattanooga. Yeah, yes. we'll just go with it. Uh, see, this is why I didn't worry about knowing the names, because I just let you take this one. So, Speechless is basically about a family. One of their sons uh, has disability. He is in a wheelchair. He cannot speak. And amazingly, uh, for this day and age, where we, we often just 
throw people into roles where it's it's almost unbelievable that we're supposed to accept that this character is played by a person who is nothing like them. Uh, they got somebody who I believe actually it, it has the same disabilities to be the the character on the show and to essentially be one of the stars of the show. Like it, there's no like, oh, he's he's just somewhere in the background. We all know that he's there, but it's not really a show about him. It's a show about him as much as it is about anybody else. Uh, but he's got a younger brother and sister who, unfortunately, the the parents, especially the mother, uh, played by Minnie Driver, are so focused on giving this son the most fulfilling life possible and give him all the advantages they can to make up for the obvious disadvantages that he would have going to most schools, living in most neighborhoods and everything else like that. They've made it kind of the mission of the family is that the the second son, the middle child, of course, middle child syndrome, feels <laughs> like he's had to give up any kind of normalcy that he might have in the the quest for normalcy for his brother. And it, what I like about it is that the brother uh, doesn't really keep from picking on him. He He doesn't like say, oh, I'm so sorry that all this stuff is happening for me. He he gives him the same kind of shit that you would to your siblings. Uh, it it's the characterization on this is actually pretty solid. I think the most over the top character is honestly the mom, and that's because she's the one who's so driven. It seems like there's a lot of very driven mothers on on ABC. Yeah. That seems to be a common theme, uh, which is not bad, but it is starting to get maybe a little bit like we we need to. We need to find a little bit more variety uh, coming up, ABC. Think about it. In in this case, she finds a new school. They move to a new home that is basically a ramshackled house that is not very uh, good. But they're they're making these these accommodations and stuff to to go to a school to be in a better community. But she's sort of gotten them. She's she slammed a lot of doors in places where they've been at before, where yeah. she's got a reputation when she comes in here. She starts out at the school and immediately is bitching to the principal about the fact that the only ramp into the school for her son is where they take the garbage and stuff out <laughs> in the back. And yeah, of course. I mean, how is how is this person supposed to feel normal if he's always got to go around to an entrance that no other student uses? Uh, so it's it's not outlandish in the things that she's she's fighting for or fighting against in this case but it is outlandish in the fact that she's just so over the top and she's missing the the lives of of her other kids and how it's disrupting them yeah it's a really sweet show but it's also and i was worried about this is whether or not it was going to be a very funny show and uh aaron my wife and i watched it and we laughed a lot uh, we laughed probably more than we laugh at most of the shows. Uh, certainly, Modern Family is getting a little long in the tooth now. I don't know if it's been written as well for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but, I'm starting to notice that with Modern Family myself. Yeah. I mean, the Goldbergs is still killing it, but the Goldbergs is still relatively a young show compared to things like Modern Family in the middle, uh, which have been around for a long time and maybe have lost a little bit of their, their luster. This was really good we watched uh, what's the one with uh the mother from 
from Raising Hope? Oh, um, uh, the real O'Neills. The real O'Neills. We watched the real O'Neills last season. We liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of good there, but I don't know that it struck me as funny as this one does. Also, fresh off the boat, I love the the parents on that. I don't really connect with the kids at all on it. Yeah. So it's not been one that I've stuck around with. Uh, Blackish, I'm kind of back and forth on. I I think it's funny when I watch it. I watched the season premiere, and I didn't really take to the the whole Disneyland thing. It's just like another Disneyland ad. But this was really solid. I mean, it's only we've only seen the first episode so far. I've seen the first two. But I, Second one made me yeah. laugh more. Good. That's good. I it, really yeah. hope that this show it's, does well. Yeah. No. I. Th- I honestly think it will. I. Th- I. I wouldn't be surprised if out of the new. Now I'm phrasing it this way: the new shows. If this is the first one from ABC to get renewed, because the second episode, like the first episode, it, to me, it suffers from watching the second episode. Suffered a little bit from pilotitis. But of course, absolutely. it was still funny. The second episode, there are moments in here where I'm just like, all right, this is funny. This is good. Um, To give one away, there's a moment where, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, Cedric Garbo's character, the carer, is is with JJ. And he's like, so, they're, they're at the board that has all the different clubs, like, so what what are you into what do you, you want you want to do you do sports you do which there right there is funny enough do you do sports he's in a wheelchair sort of deal and it's like what do you look at and he's he's got this laser pointer on his uh glasses that he uses to communicate with people because he's got a a board that sits on his wheelchair that has like all words and letters and stuff and you just see him look over to the side and laser pointer on a girl's butt goes to another girl's butt <laughs> see that's the thing is that first of all the the whole thing of, of cedric yarborough's character becoming the voice for this for this kid is because he treats him with normalcy he treats him it's... like he would treat any other kid which i think is great but but he's not dishonest he's not like oh i'm gonna treat you like everybody else because they try to do that in the class uh the class is like oh we're making you class president He's like, you don't even know me. Yeah. Uh, why would you do that? I, I could be an axe murderer or something. You have no idea. He he treats him normally like he, he talks to him as a friend, as a person and all that. But he doesn't ignore who he is at yeah. the same time. And and I think that that's one of the joys of the show. And and that's what I love about this kind of program is that it's it's not like we, we had the Michael J. Fox show a couple years ago and yeah i didn't think the show was especially particularly funny but i loved the idea of the show because it didn't make the show all about him dealing with with parkinson's disease mm-hmm. but at the same time it didn't ignore it and it didn't underplay it it was just this is a part of their lives and and dealing with this in your everyday life is a normal thing but it's not all encompassing as to what their lives is about. I thought that was really good. I think that's something that it, it, at best what TV can do is put things like this on the, the show. And it's not like, oh, well, they're just putting the token this or the token that in there. It's like, no, they're showing us a family. They're showing us people's lives. 
And there are things in people's lives that are maybe a little different from other people's lives, but we don't have to focus so much on the difference. We just focus on the people. And I think that that, that's part of why I think this is great. A really good comparison to this would be the Netflix movie, The Fundamentals of Caring. Um, because it's it's a lot of the relationship that the that that Paul Rudd and the main boy, um, I I cannot think of his name, but the the kid that he's caring for have. Except there's just this added barrier of the the kid in here doesn't talk, on speechless he doesn't he doesn't talk, um, sort of deal. So yeah, it's it's great, and it's what it's Wednesdays at eight thirty on ABC. Um, so I'm gonna do another one. Um, I'm, I switched it up a little bit to where I took out the pitch. Pitch. Uh, it's the baseball show on Fox. It's good, but I just remembered another show, and I'm like, oh wait, that one was better. And this one is on NBC on Thursday nights, and it's called The Good Place. Now, they did, the first episode was uh, directed by Drew Goddard, and oh my gosh, this show is so funny. Um, it's it's right up there with me, like, I'm trying to decide which one's funnier, Speechless or The Good Place. Um, I, for me, Speechless was funnier. I like The Good Place. We've watched the first three episodes so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's okay. I think that there's some very funny things about it. But it, well, you do your review, and I'll yeah. just interject. So, so the good place it stars Kristen Bell, Ted Danson. Um, oh, there's other people that you you'll you'll see. William Jackson Harper is yeah. uh, Kristen Bell's main character. Eleanor, her soulmate. What is supposed to be her soulmate? Yeah. Um. There's, you know, there, and there's other people in here that you'll notice uh, if you watch a lot of TV shows. Um, but Kristen Bell, her character Eleanor, died and has gone to the good place. You have the good place and you have the bad place. And the thing I love about this show is within the first five minutes, they cover, they hit every religion. Like, like because he, he's doing uh, Ted Danson's character is doing uh, Michael's doing this interview with her like so you died it gives in comedic detail how she died <laughs> like so you you were leaving a target and your bags broke and so you you went down to pick up the fruit and you got hit by a thing of a, 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 a thing of carts just like a whole bunch of carts, but you got up from that, and then there was a bus, or you know, it was it was like that, like it escalated. I'm like, oh it just my kept God. going on and kept getting worse yeah. as it went along, and she's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I don't need to know all about this. Yeah, um, but and so as they continue on, and she she starts to realize, uh, oh, it's, it's with religions. She goes like he gets done, and he's like, so you got any questions? And she goes, so which which who got it right and then ted danson so eloquently put it his character goes oh everyone every religion gets about five percent right um the only guy the only person to get it more right is uh this uh what is like jeff from canada 
who, yeah, who got something like that who got high who got incredibly high one day and got 91 yep. percent accurate here's a picture You're of all him. just like how the hell is he doing this? <laughs> got a on the like he's famous up there yes. <laughs> it's, but it's it's funny i i love this show and it's part of it's because the fact that they swear but they don't swear like they're all saying like fork and all that like that's actually their advertising now is what the fork yeah and that's that's kind of that's one of the things that i felt got old really fast it, it did but like i think they mainly used it in the first two episodes and the third episode i th- don't think they relied a lot on it yeah so the conceit of the show is that she's she's died she's gone up to this place the good place uh which where she's at it was a place that was designed by this guy michael played by ted danson uh so he's kind of in charge of making everybody's lives great he talks about how exclusive it is like people that you would imagine that would have made it to the good place aren't there uh like sister Teresa and and a bunch of of other people like you would think they would all be up there not quite good enough it's really exclusive and she's sitting there and she's going around and he's showing her everything and she's like oh this is great and he introduces her to her her soulmate uh he shows her around this home that's built specifically to her life's experience and desires and stuff and and there's all these pictures of clowns and it's like because you love clowns she's like yeah i love clowns and they just go through this whole thing and then when she sits down uh, with her soulmate after this and like they talk for a few minutes and they're getting to know each other and she's like can you promise not to tell any some anybody anything if i tell you something and he's like yeah absolutely i will 100 have your trust she goes uh i'm in the wrong place because whoever this life is that they're showing that's not me i'm not this person somebody screwed up and now he's put in this position where He's an honestly good guy. He was a professor of ethics and he is now not allowed to tell anybody that she's not supposed to be there. And he's trying to teach her how to be a better person because her being there is screwing up the environment and things that are from her mind and her guilt and stuff are affecting the place. And like it starts raining fish and it it becomes sort of apocalyptic. It starts raining junk food large animals start running through it's just totally bizarre but what you see start to happen as it goes on in the episodes is and it's becoming more apparent i don't know that anybody is supposed to be there yeah uh, or or that it's the good place that they think it is and in this regard this show sort starts to become the last man on earth to me okay because the last man on earth the conceit was there's this guy, he's the last man on earth. You know, this is what the story is about. And then it starts to deteriorate because by the end of the first episode, we get introduced to another person. Yeah. And then a couple episodes later, we get introduced to more people. So the conceit of the show kind of bleeds off a little bit as what we first believed it to be about starts to go away. Uh, the other thing is that it's about a person who's inherently not a good person. And that's what the last man on earth is as well, is that the, the character. I think, I, I think the difference though, is that where, yeah, we're slowly starting to learn that no one is really, it seems like they're really meant for the good place, but it's, I don't know. 
It seems like they were though. Like now, granted, yeah, it seems like none of them are terrible. But I kind of I look at it and there's this there's a scene in the Hitchhiker's Guide series, and I believe it's in the third book. It maybe it's the end of the the second book, the restaurant at the end of the universe. But I, I it's somewhere in there where Arthur Dent and Ford Prefect wind up on this spaceship. And it's full of all these people. And and they're one of three ships. And all three of the ships had to... Basically, they had to evacuate the entire population of their planet. Because their planet is being destroyed. So, the first ship is all of the, the big thinkers. You know, the brains, the smart people, the rich people. Like, all the super successful people and everything are on that first ship. The third ship is all of the artists and all of the, the dreamers and the musicians and things. They're all on this other ship here. And this second ship is all the people who do the very menial things like somebody is a telephone sanitizer. And and some of them <laughs> is like uh, they're crossing guards. And they're just like, but they're all just like all together, not really great people and not really important people, not important to the arts, not important to the culture, but not important to making things and creating things with science and stuff. They're just kind of like, eh, you know? And so as, as Ford and Arthur are talking to them, they're saying, so, so what was, what happened to your planet? And, and the captain's like, oh, well, these aliens were coming and blah, 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 blah. And someone else is like, oh no, what I heard was, they the whole planet was going to explode because the core went bad and then this other guy is like no what i heard was this and it slowly dawns on arthur and ford but nobody else on the ship that all these people were basically fed a line of bullshit and they put them on this one ship and everybody else just stayed on the planet Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and so they all think they're going somewhere to escape from and they're all going to meet up and everyone's like yeah, we'll see you when we see you, and that's about it. And I kind of that's the the feeling I get from from the first three episodes I've seen so far of the yeah. show is that maybe in the end it's all a big con job because even uh, Michael uh, Ted Denson's character who put this whole thing together and is supposed to be like the the epitome he's like the introduction to this afterlife and the good place and talking about how exclusive it is. Even he starts to go a little bit mad and crazy and he winds up kicking a dog into the sun and he's just like not quite altogether a great person either. And I kind of feel like that's what we're going to see as the season goes on. Yeah. So, so far, it's pretty funny. No. Yeah. Um. So you have two other shows here, both of the, both of which are reboot reboots, uh, which oh, reboot God. would you like to talk about first? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this first one, and I'm gonna say uh, that fuck you, Beatmaster. <laughs> Beatmaster. Beatmaster basically asked in our in our Slack channel in the Elsnerd Slack, uh, which you can get to if you go to gncast.com/signup. Uh, who's gonna watch Lethal Weapon so I don't have to? And I threw myself on that fucking grenade. Uh, and thank you, Steve now, Rogers. Yeah, let let's just let's just let's just go with it. So, Lethal Weapon, obviously, a series of films from the uh, '80s through the '90s. Uh, I think. 
Didn't I don't Shane think they made Black it into direct the third one or rate the third one. I don't fucking care. I, I enjoyed Lethal Weapon. My friends and I, we w rented the first Lethal Weapon one night when we were teenagers and watched it, and it was pretty good. And then the second one, a bunch of us were old enough to go out and see it in the theater when it came out. Uh, really, you know, great action film. Gets you hyped up. Some tragic bullshit happens with the the cute blonde in it. Uh, Patsy gets it. This is back in the day when uh, Mel Gibson was cool and probably the coolest uh, doing these movies and doing the Mad Max stuff and everything. And great, great action films. Danny Glover, fantastic. Joe Pesci was funny in the second one. Uh, the third one was a piece of shit. The fourth one was all right. They bring Chris Rock in a little bit better, but still, you know, the first two were great. So they're they're doing a TV series based around the the concepts from the movie, but they're not trying to copy it completely. Like the, they're the same characters, but in this, Martin Riggs is not Australian. Uh, like he basically is, because I don't know if if I can't remember if Gibson was supposed to be trying to be American or not in that, but he definitely did not sound it. Uh, this guy is more of a, a country guy. He's trying to move his wife, uh, I think, to Texas from where she's from. It starts out with tragedy. He is a cop. You know, he's he's kind of a, a danger lover, but he's very good at it and everything. And his wife is about to have a baby. So he finishes off a mission. He's like, I got to go. I got to take care of myself because I've got a wife and I've got a baby on the way. On her way to the hospital to have the baby, her car gets hit by another by a truck, essentially, and uh, he loses the both of them. Now, at the same time, we then uh, meet up to Damon Wayans Sr. playing the Murtaugh role that was originally Danny Glover's, who is a cop. Instead of being ready to retire, which is where Murtaugh was, he is older, but he he's uh, recently suffered an injury on the job, has been away from recovering, is coming back in, but he's he's definitely a senior officer. He's more of a mind of like I'm going to you know play it a little bit safer but it's not exactly his nature to play it safe it's just that that's where he feels like he is in life and so you hook the two up as partners hilarity ensues I'm too old for this shit you're fucking crazy and have a death wish it's the basic premise of the movie taken now to the show as the first episode goes it's not awful you know, it's it's the same. There's no surprises to it, but it's perfectly okay. They're enjoyable. The watching the people playing the parts on the screen, they're doing a good take on what is classic characters. Was it a classic duo conceit from a lot of buddy cop films? It's the buddy cop film taken into a TV series, and that's not really that different from other shows that we've enjoyed. Uh, the Almost Human that we watched and loved a couple years ago that Fox canceled yep. because they're dicks uh, is a buddy cop show. It's not so far apart from this. It's just, it's kind of, it's safe. It's the same. Uh, it's not awful. I just don't know that it's going to warrant, like, I have to tune into this every week. Yeah. It's but not, I, I think it's that not obviously Damon Wayans is yeah, Damon Wayans is great, 
because he's Damon Wayans. Uh, I, I think his son is actually more talented, even though they look exactly the same. Uh, I, I think that the guy playing Riggs in this, who I had seen on episodes of Leverage, actually, not much stuff other than that, he's really good on it. He, he's, he's absolutely good in the role. He's got the charm. He's, he's got a, a good amount of charisma. He can do the action stuff really well. He plays the sadness as well as he plays the craziness. And it, it's not like at the end of Lethal Weapon 1, we finish up and we see that Riggs is kind of like got a new zest for life. At the end of this episode of the pilot everything, Riggs still wants to die. And he doesn't make a secret of it to his partner. He's, he's not going to lie to him and say that he doesn't want to die. But he's not actively trying to kill himself. He's just not protecting himself either. Yeah. But he is protecting his partner. And so that's why it's not awful. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to do crazy shit. It's like, well, then I'm going to get your ass thrown off the force. It's not quite that. Uh, but there is the 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 same shit of the captain is like, you guys blew up the, half the fucking city and I got to go fucking take care of this. And the, the, the mayor's on my ass and all that other shit. That's all cliche and it's all <laughs> the same. Yeah. The last show that I'm going to talk about is Kevin Can Wait. Um, much like people who are watching live had to wait for me to fix my microphone um this is a the follow-up to the big bang theory on monday nights um with um on cbs and it stars uh kevin james um and aaron hayes and then there's a few other people that you'll recognize um the dad from uh the neighbors the that was the human neighbor he's in here um and there was a few other people that i I recognize too but i can't think of off the top of my head and this is honestly a show that i went in wanting to hate wanting to be like oh well it's just you know it's typical cbs sitcom-y thing it's let's let's be honest it's typical Kevin James, yeah, Sikami. yeah. There is no new ground being broken by Kevin James in this part. Yeah, no, and and for a lot of the for a lot of the bits, that is true. But I don't hate it. I don't. I I don't love the show, but I don't hate the show either. Um. So Kevin can wait. It's uh Kevin James's character. It uh, just retired. Um, from the police force, uh, excuse me, and he is now, you know, uh, basically like, almost like a stay-at-home dad um, with his daughter. I think they just have the one kid. Uh, no, they have three kids. Then I am like missing out on two of those, two of them kids. Then it starts out with two kids at the at the kitchen with them in the beginning and then the elder daughter who is away at college comes home and introduces the boyfriend yeah yeah that see that's where because I'm I'm like wait is it just the daughter at college because the other ones are just background characters it seems like with because yeah there's (laughs) with the first two episodes um but I mean it's <laughs> I am a great babysitter beat. I should let you know. Um 
but the it's just it's it's interesting in the fact that it's a cbs comedy it's a kevin james comedy um there are funny moments in there but at the same time it's like it's a kevin james comedy it's a cbs sitcom yeah i mean it's got gary valentine playing his friend who played uh i think his brother on the uh, king of king queens, of queens. Uh, so he, he certainly has his his cast of favorites to bring back the the parts with him sitting around planning the retirement out with his cop friends it it was a lot of time spent on that when i didn't think any of those people were fleshed out at all or yeah. all that interesting and it reminded me again of all the friends that he had on the king of queens or the friends that hang out with uh, ray romano on and everybody loves ray everybody loves raymond it 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 just feels so derivative of the shows that we've already seen happen. At the end, they do. Of, of, I've only seen the pilot. At the end, they do a, a thing where they go and they do go karts, and they kind of like do a go kart uh, ride off against each other, and that seemed very much straight out of the interplay of the characters in Grown Ups, which I think it's also trying to follow. So mm-hmm. Kevin James is like, "Hey, I don't." I know not everybody likes me. I know not everybody loves my stuff. But if you're a fan of my stuff, of the things that I've done before, you're going to like this too. It's safe for for pre-established Kevin James or pre-established uh, Adam Sandler-esque productions. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it just seems safe to me, um, which is fine because, you know, the Big Bang Theory they're gosh they gotta be coming close to wrapping up here soon Um, we kind of hope yeah and like i mean it the 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 first episode is he's retired he's gonna enjoy retirement you know his wife is still working i i think she's she's a school nurse or something yeah uh He's got the two younger kids, and then the daughter comes home from college, and then the big problem is, oh no, I'm going to introduce dad to my boyfriend, and oh shit, how many, yeah, and oh, actually, we're secretly engaged, and oh, I'm going to drop out of college to help him make his app. Oh, that's, that's an, a newfound thing. Uh, Apps, ooh, uh, I should do a (laughs) review on one. And, and, and so then they're going to go live in the, the rental property garage that they were going to rent out to have extra income. And now he's going to have to go back to work some bit, but it's, it just seems like this is as cliche as you can get. But at the same time, that's why people watch a lot of sitcoms Mm -hmm. is they like the familiarity. They like the simple stories. They just want to hang some jokes on it. They just want to be able to laugh or for 20 minutes and and just get through their fucking night before they go to bed and have to go and do their own work in the morning and raise their own fucking kids and deal with their own goddamn wife. By the way, if if you're dealing with your wife and it's Aaron Hayes, you have fucking made it, man, because she yeah. is awesome and she is the one thing about the show that I'm like I have hope that it will utilize her because she is so funny and everything I've ever seen her in, yep. she's just crazy good. And I don't want to see her get wasted. But I, I know that while I'm not the biggest King of Queens fan and I'm not necessarily the biggest Leah Remini fan, they utilize her really. And so I hope this show utilizes Aaron Hayes 
uh, much to the same degree. And I know that the the elder daughter, uh, Taylor Spritler or whatever, has been on other sitcoms stuff too. She was on the one with uh, Joey and uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Joey Melissa or Melissa and Joey, oh, yeah, whatever Melissa it was. Melissa and Joey. Yeah, so I mean, she's she obviously she's got some some pedigree from TV. The the boyfriend I found outright annoying, which is too bad because it's Ryan Cartwright, and he used to be on Bones, and then he went over to that that series on Sci-Fi that unfortunately only lasted for two seasons, where they all had superpowers. Uh, uh, Alpha no Alphas. Alphas, yeah. So I mean, it they've got some good people. Like I said, the the guys that were playing his friends, I didn't find anything compelling about them. I would like to have them used sparingly because so far there wasn't. They were all just kind of like feeding him lines to make jokes on, and I would rather have people who hold their own in the show. I'd rather have more emphasis on the other two kids and and see some young actors come up and and get to build their comedy chops on here than to see four other fat dudes sitting on a couch next to Kevin James making him look not as fat. Yeah, I'll... although if, if that works, send them my way because uh, I need help. <laughs> yeah, and a pizza. I mean. Oh, is this a show that you are planning on tuning into every week, or is this a show that you would just put on in the background? I'd probably uh, more put it on, because I think what I did with this one, actually, yeah, it is what I did, is I had, because I was house-sitting for my grandma, so I had it on the TV, and then on my tablet, I had on the USA Live feed, and I was watching professional wrestling. So it was like I was catching both, but I was more focusing in on professional wrestling. Than... Which seems well suited to this. It, yeah. it, it seems almost like you're watching it with the guys in the show because I could see them watching it too. Yeah. And um, the other part that I'd like is that the whole show is filmed in New York. Like it's filmed in uh, the Beth pa- in Bethpage, New York at Gold Coast Studios um, in Long Island. So that's you know, cool, they're getting out of the, oh, well, let's go film it, we're going to film a sitcom here in L.A., sort of deal. You know, at the very least, there could be some more, ex- or some different exterior stuff. But, I don't know, it's, I didn't hate it, but it, it, if I, you know, the schedules get really packed, this will probably be the first show that I drop. I mean, it's it's not an abortion of a program like I feel that two broke girls is normally yeah. uh or or honestly I, I hate to say this i the the odd couple is just mm-hmm. i want to like the odd couple so much and every single <laughs> ounce that i've ever tried to stomach on it has just regurgitated out of me like the fucking acid that eats the computer in superman 3 i i just know that this is not bad it's at best harmless which yeah. is pretty much a statement of Kevin James' entire body of work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin James doesn't have an attractive body of work. I, I, I but it's it's all right. It's it's certainly par for the course, especially following up the 
19th season or whatever they're on of the Big Bang Theory, which is a show that I do like. But at this point, I think I'm going through the motions liking it just as much as they are making it. So we know. Yeah. We, we know what we're doing here. We, we, we're on the same page. And that page <laughs> is mostly pictures and a lot of coloring outside the lines mm-hmm. at this point. So, Corey, you have um, one final show, and that is on the CBS network it's, as well. Um, oh, God. Is it, though? Is it really? Is it on a network, or is it just somebody directing to YouTube? Uh, <laughs> so... I I wound up saying nicer things about Lethal Weapon than I probably thought I was going to. This is this is the reverse. This is the show that, even though I knew from the geniuses who brought us CSI Cyber. Seriously, and, uh, <laughs> I just mean the channel. Oh, uh, and and Scorpion and other shows that are just built directly on disappointment. Uh, we've got the MacGyver show which is packed full of cliches that if they were cholesterol, you would have just basically exploded on contact. It's just... (laughs) I wanted to like this. I have no opinion of the original MacGyver TV series other than Richard Dean Anderson's uh, glorious hair and the pretty cool theme music and a surprisingly hilarious last season where it's like we're going to have him go to things like meet king arthur and shit i don't i don't know any of it cuz i didn't watch the show i know other people watched the show at that point in time i was not a tv uh viewer for much of that era cuz i was a teenager and suddenly uh for some reason girls found me interesting <sighs> but i wanted this show to be at least as stomachable as Kevin can wait. (laughs) That's the bar that we've got right now that we're at. Now, again, in all of these cases that of the shows we're discussing tonight, we're talking about pilots. We're talking about first episodes and a couple of them. We've gotten to see more uh, like this is us or uh, the good place. But in the first episode of any show, we've talked about this before. You've got to establish things. You've got to just put it out there and it's going to be rough, but then you can build on that and the structure for the rest of the season was, is what makes or breaks it. The The first episode, all right, but episodes two through five, that's where it's going to be, is this really worth being on my screen yep. ever? But in this first episode, it is just a lot of the standard... Not just standard like adventure movie cliches or the standard MacGyver cliches, which I think MacGruber is probably a better offshoot of MacGyver than this show is. But the standard CBS action shows cliches. Now, I love me. God damn it. I love me some leverage and leverage plays uh, loose and fancy free with the the tech and the science stuff and everything. But it to me, it's an enjoyable show because the characters are just so much fun, and I like the actors. Uh, my wife despises leverage, uh, and and just like looks at me with a seething sort of like, "Why the fuck did I marry you?" Anytime that she comes home, <laughs> and I'm sitting in front of the twentieth replay this month because it's on every Sunday. Uh, I don't care. I I love that show. 
if MacGyver could achieve a level of that, that would be amazing. And that's what I, I, oh, I'm trying so hard to talk myself into watching the second episode. It also has George Eads in it. George Eads was the last good original thing left on CSI before it went away. Uh, CSI went so far fucked up. But George Eads, like anytime he was on there, it was still like, okay, you know, we still got Nick. Nick's a good man. I like this guy. I'll, I'll watch it for Nick. I, I stopped watching it. I, I don't like Nick that much. But I liked him. <laughs> and uh, I, I I think with, with CBS doing things like they, they've got the new show Bull, which takes a character actor from NCIS and moves him over into a new show where he has to play something different. It's hard that first time you see someone that you register as one character play a different character. And George Eads, it's not like he it's a stretch. He's just playing a more jacked up kind of uh, ladies man version of the character that he's already played. But he's he's playing second fiddle to a young guy who's who's the new MacGyver. But just so much of this is like, oh well, uh, it's it's I'm MacGyver and I'm super cool and I've got some gadgets and every once in a while I pull out a paperclip and make something happen with fake techno bullshit science like CSI Cyber uh, <laughs> that that may be real but probably ain't. And uh, it's <laughs> the problem isn't that they make unbelievable science happen in the show. The problem is that they emphasize so much that they're teaching you something really cool when they're doing it. And uh, it's not cool. It's not interesting because I, it's it's mostly crap. And it's the same crap that we've already seen on your other shows. So it's it's not even like you're fake teaching a shit that's new. It's just like, oh, God damn it. And then they, they lose one hacker girl and she gets shot and MacGyver gets shot. But then you just know as she gets shot, it's like, Oh, they just shot her in the shoulder, but it's not a real shot, and she's going to come back, and she's going to be the actual bad guy. Which, fucking A, that's exactly what happens. It's yep. it's just, it's the same goddamn fucking story shit. I wanted an ounce of originality. And then at the end of the episode, we get the gang sitting around having beers and being cool and like, hey, we got our new fucking foundation. We got to change the name. Let's come up. You guys get to choose new name, right? Because you four fucking people, one of whom isn't even a part of the team, get to like hang out. Like it's it's on you, man. Well, why don't we call it the Phoenix Foundation? Because that's what they did in the first show. Fuck yeah, beer me. And that's exactly <laughs> like just such a half-assed attempt. And then he tells you, he tells you what a Phoenix is because at this point in time in 2000 fucking 16, no one's ever heard what a fucking Phoenix is before, but he doesn't just explain it to the viewer. He's got to explain it to the people on the show who are supposed to be semi-intelligent fucking idiots who like, I've never heard of a Phoenix. I don't know what a laptop is. Is that your dick in your hand? I can't <laughs> tell. It's just such shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> fucking A, fucking A. And then the cops, the 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 magic cops who are like really good at their jobs, right? No, because we're cops on a fucking show on CBS. They're fucking driving through a tunnel. And the girl that just, we caught bitch who was like going to blow up the fucking city because reasons and shit. She's just in the back seat. 
and she's got a fucking pin on her. No one thought to say, hey, this bitch who hung out with fucking MacGyver, who does this shit all the time and shows it off to everybody because that's how he gets the chicks. Um, she just, like, picks her cuffs, jumps out the door, and the cops come out of the other side of the tunnel like, uh, where'd bitch go? That's the fucking show! So I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I tried really hard. I tried really hard. Yeah. But it was not it was not it was not happening. So Yeah. Um I I I can't believe I'm gonna tell you this, America. And by America I mean the four people. Hi Brandon, who who sometimes listen to this program. Hi Levi. Uh, yeah. And that is, don't watch that watch show. Lethal Weapon, the series, on Fox, as opposed to watching MacGyver. I'm saying this. I'm saying this to you, people of the world, good people of the world. You will get more out of Kevin Can Wait. Than you, will. <laughs> you will get more believable technical expertise. <laughs> Out of him sitting there talking with his four dumb fuck cop friends. I don't know. You haven't seen the second channel. episode. You, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if 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 he can work <laughs> at PBR, sitting his lazy ass there, reaching for fucking peanuts, then he's better than the first episode of MacGyver was. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, uh, it's just about time to wrap up, and you know. Here at Galactic Netcasts, we got bills we got to pay. Um, you know, we got the lights we got to keep on. I need therapy to get <laughs> over this shit. Um, Dave needs to make all the money because, hey, guess what? We got the Corey rant. You needed it. Dave been asking for that rant. Here we go. Um, but th- so there are I'm ways that you whore. can help. I'm just a dirty whore. <laughs> and- Dance for me, monkey. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what Dave is saying right now. He's like, dance, monkey, dance. Um, but much like, you know, you guys, we, we need help with this. And uh, we need money. So you can do give us money in one of two ways, both of which can be found at gncast.com slash support. The first way is you could do our Patreon. You can submit to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Um, you can help keep the ship afloat. And there are prizes perks that go along with that but mainly it's you help us out we help or then we get to do the do the show that you love the other way and it's even easier is whenever you're going to shop on amazon go to gncast.com support and go to our affiliate link and then shop to your heart's content because everything in your cart when you hit continue you know, and you check out and all that stuff. Four per- about four percent of that goes to Galactic Netcasts to keep the lights on, and that is great. Um, the other thing you could do is you can leave us feedback by leaving a voicemail at eight zero five three two eight three nine six six or emailing us mail at elsnerds dot com, and all of our subscription options can be found under the uh, gncast.com slash subscribe subscribe sorry and that's also how you could get into the slack channel is through gncast.com slash subscribe 
And you could find all the social media stuff for Galactic Netcasts by searching Galactic Netcasts. Um, and you can follow our show on Twitter. Actually, now it's uh, it's Galactic Network. Do, are, um, is the social medias all changed over? They've made the change this week. Okay, cool. So Galactic Networks as opposed to Netcasts. Um, but you can follow our producers on Twitter. They're at Beatmaster80, at Mr. Underscore Fusion. I'm at that Gregor. You can find all of Corey's comic book stuff. I'm giving him a break since he just ranted. Um, he's a little winded. He's old and all that stuff. Um, but all of his st- in the room. <laughs> he's uh, all of his stuff. You can be found at Don't Ask Comics um, and the website DontAskComics.com. And the final thing to say, to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week, or else we'll make you watch fucking MacGyver. MacGyver. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>